Friday Afternoon Deploys show notes were input through a 40% Dvorak keyboard. try it out i was more hopeful about whenever they introduced the uh ubuntu and the various linux distros into it but that's You're talking just, about windows bash yeah windows bash which mm. which isn't terrible at least no. there is that yeah you know? it's, it's it's there yeah um so i don't have to know powershell commands to to move files around yeah you know? th- that's the thing i spent five six years learning the ins and outs of PowerShell, mm. and now all of it is worthless. Oh, man. Oh, man. So. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Oh, man. We got a crew. Heavy sigh for... I know, yeah. everyone. Like, because <laughs> yeah. we, we can all kind of relate. Yeah, pour we, one out yeah. for PowerShell. Um, yeah, yeah. So I thought um, with as many hot mics, we could probably stand to update the audience on who the hell is sitting around the table mm. at this show these days. We haven't done this in a long time. No, that's There's true. There's people that tuned in like six months ago and don't have a clue whose voice comes oh, and what man, name. Oh, man, that's a good point, yeah. So I'll give you the full update. Oh, uh, all right. Let me make some noise. Yeah, do it. Do it. <laughs> I can kill your mic. All right. Here Here I am. There he is. I had to get my Jen LaCroix. The Jen and LaCronic. Yes. That's a, that's a lofty, lofty special. Sorry, I screwed that up. That's all right. Uh, don't mess up the trademark. That's that's our brand. <laughs> <laughs> now you're making me spill and don't party foul on, all over don't the place. Don't spit it on the mic either. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm Casey Kinsey. I'm the CEO of a, a company called Lofty that produces the podcast. And from our team, we've got Alan Fraley. With Here his I am. Chronic, we got Tyrell Dennison. Yes. And we got Willa Moyer on the couch as well. Say hi, Willa. Hi. Hello. And uh, Daniel Worthy's back with us. Hey, guys. This is your third appearance? Yeah, yeah. Fourth, maybe? It's probably uh, two and a half. Two and a half, if you yeah. count the uh, the Tech, Tech Fest. Fest episode. Oh, yeah, that was great. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. So the last time Daniel was with us, he was doing dev on Windows. Yes. In a Windows environment. Dot .NET. Yes. Dot .NET, C Sharp, right? Primarily uh, Angular. Um, we, oh, okay. ha- we had designated .NET uh, developers. So I like designated uh, .NET yeah. developers. Yeah, yeah you got to like... keep them contained. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tri- triple D, anybody? Triple D? Uh, That's what they'd be. The triple designated, designated .NET, .NET developers. I think, uh, oh, I was, I I think yeah. I'm way too proud of that. I'm sorry. Mm, there you go. That's solid there. Uh, Take some pride in I'm it. I'm still That's trying to find the third But it's also the diners, drive-ins, and dives. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, dedicated .NET developer. Oh, yeah. I was thinking designated.net. I had an N in there. I get it, oh, though. You're right. Uh, you don't have to. Dot have .net's it, yeah. all no, one. Dot yeah. .net's all yeah. one word. That's yep. our pedantic segment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and our food segment. And, yes. Uh, so ah, yeah, yeah. 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 Daniel's back with us, and you have, you have switched roles. You're at, a new, you're at a new place. Yeah. And, yeah. and you're now deving in a Mac environment. Yes, I am. And how's that going? Uh, it's, it's getting better. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's like changing from one language to another in terms of programming It's it's relearning the ins and outs of what used to be real easy for you, having to mentally train yourself to figure out the new way, which 
I'm being told is the right way. So yeah, ah, you were yeah. told correctly. Uh, <laughs> so as is standard when Daniel's on the show, um, we all do things one way. We're all Mac developers here, mm-hmm. so that's our standard tooling. And then uh, then you 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 came in as a .NET developer to talk to us, all of us uh, Python people once. Um, so we just thought we'd talk about dev environments and yeah. uh, you know and make, making that switch, yeah. life, food. Other tangential things to programming and not tangential to programming. That's the format of the show. Um, all right. I'm going to start it right off. Someone's clapping. There's exciting stuff happening in the hallway. That's good. Yeah. We might we might have closed the deal. Yeah. Maybe That's what I mean. Something. We may have done something. Yeah. Go us. Yeah. Let's do a round of applause. Yeah. 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 Is she, is she yeah. fist bumping yeah. or anything? Well, I don't there. know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's do the rundown. Um, I'm curious... What what is your what what is your dev environment like right now today? And we'll start with like IDE. Hmm. Ooh, that so um, to throw it back at you, I don't use an IDE. I oh. use a text editor. Oh, which, which one? I use VS Code. All right. Oh, okay. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. That's a that's, that's, that's a and, yeah. That's a text editor masquerading and... as an IDE. I use VS Code as well. Yeah. I call it an IDE. Okay. Yeah. You put no, enough that's, plugins that's, that's on it. That's fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. So. You know, um, dynamically typed languages. You don't need a compiler yeah. and all that shit. Mm-hmm. So, VS Code. Um, um, that's, f- from from my perspective, that's primarily it. Um, I'm running, uh, I'm primarily working inside of Angular still, so still doing a lot of command line through node modules and right. now, all that stuff. Now, did you use VS Code when you were on the PC as well? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I've, I've used, um, so um, it was about three or four years ago, I was teaching a class, um, front-end development Mm. and i opted to like go full bore into vs code because that's what i wanted my students to use because they didn't need to Mm. download and install everything i was used to and so i wanted to emulate what they were doing were you a full visual studios guy at the time at the time yeah but um Mm. you know 15 or 16 extensions in in in, uh in visual studio so it's definitely not the standard environment right yeah that's that's about like mine i'm constantly disabling something that's not working right yeah. with some extension somewhere. Here's here's something I'm curious about. Like, so how many how many um, developers on that side of the fence are still using actual Visual Studio? Um, you know, with with um, ASP.NET Core, mm. I'm seeing fewer and fewer people actually use it. So um, for uh, when I was when I was at my previous company, most of our team was actually just running um, through command line, like mm, booting up the server through command line and everything, instead of using the built-in IDE tools. And they're mainly using Visual Studio um, full uh, full enterprise license for like code hinting, uh, refactoring, and um, like uh, uh, the NED framework stuff for data visualization and stuff debugging maybe yeah, as yeah. well yeah mm-hmm. your standard ide mm-hmm. stuff right yep uh, i have that a question sense. also looking at your background what is the powershell command to recursively delete node modules uh, <laughs> so so i i wrote an alias for it called, okay because called, yeah. Called, yeah, called, you have to yeah it's called nuke node yeah oh, <laughs> good man yeah uh, i need me one of them and and bash but yeah, yeah. see yeah, some like things are constant i found common ground yeah yeah uh, I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> sure on windows you can just use commander and you can just use all the same 
commands. Y- you can almost use the same commands, but you have to add a couple extra like flags on it. Oh. So it it tries to be kind to you and say, oh, this isn't an empty, uh, this is not an empty directory. Are mm. you sure you want to do this? So you yeah. have to tack on a hyphen, hyphen F. Dash F. Yeah. yeah. So or what MRF is, node modules, man. So, yeah. Yeah. so Windows ignorance, what is commander? Uh, it's, it's just the standard command line. Okay. I believe. This is the one that you can install uh, I, you have to install this one. It's just like a. Oh, is it is it the one through the the Windows Windows Store? Or? I don't, I don't know. I just download okay. it. Download it. Is it kind of? Like, is it like the Git Bash or? Is it like terminal? It's like that, but for Windows because it lets you use a lot of the same commands. Oh, so the, gotcha. the, the I, I, Git Bash that it, you're thinking of is Sigwim. Yeah, I was gonna uh, say. Uh, yeah. yeah. It, I used um, something else uh, that was built on Sigwin too. Uh, I don't remember what that was called. Yeah. Wine, maybe? No, no, no. I'm thinking you're, you're going the other direction. Yeah, I'm going yeah. the other yeah. way. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I don't want Linux on my Windows. I want Windows on my Linux. Yeah. That's backwards. Yeah. yeah, That's how you play Warcraft 2 on your Ubuntu box. <laughs> that is, that is exactly yeah. how you do it. Only, only way I've used it. Uh, okay, well, so so you, you've moved. How long have you been doing MacDef now? Uh, it's about three months now. Okay. All right, you had time to, to yeah. get in there, stretch your legs. Yeah, and the, the team I'm working with is using Docker, and so I was actually that makes life easy. Oh, yeah, yeah it does. oh man, I, like I was able to get my entire project uh, up up and running in two days. Yeah, and, and that was primarily getting permissions. Uh, set up with like a, a kubernetes cluster and all that right um whereas in the past i it, with this particular project i would need to install a certain version of java um elasticsearch and a bunch of other stuff i've never like tinkered with oh, there's yeah. nothing worse than yeah. trying to run your own mm. Elasticsearch yeah, appliance. Mm, pretty terrible. Yeah. Mm. yeah we did that for a long time prior to docker yeah, yeah before we knew better mm-hmm. however i did make the mistake of just blindly running their um Build script, which nuked all their images and repulled them off the internet. Oh. Um, yeah, I, I doubled my internet usage and may I have bet. gotten hit pretty hard by Cox <laughs> with that one. So ten oh, terabytes wow. of Docker images. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ran into that uh, early on. Yeah, but. we had something. I still don't understand Docker layers not, at all. Yeah, Did, Alan, <laughs> Alan and I would check out the same branch. Remember when we were working on Desoto? Yeah, we would check out the same branch. And, and I would change one line of code and build the image, and it would create a new layer that was one gigabyte. Mm-hmm. And Alan could go change one line of code in the project, and he would build a new layer, and his layer would be like 60 megabytes. I'm like, what the fuck? Why are my images <laughs> twice the size? And yeah. I, I, no one knows why. And I probably shouldn't have even been looking. It's just like, why are you worried about that, man? Yeah, Internet's it works. Cheap. Internet's yeah. cheap. Disk is cheap. Just, yeah. just yeah. send your gig over the Internet and be done with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I... I, I I'm thinking of so I just I set up a new computer at home recently. Uh-huh. I got a new Mac, and I needed to set up dev environments on it. So I've just gone through setting up a Mac dev environment from scratch mm-hmm. for the first time in a while. So some of this is kind of fresh in my mind, mm-hmm. uh, and it has changed since the last time I did it, uh, at least a little bit. Like mm-hmm. the now that we as a company have moved to Docker, it was amazing. I mm-hmm. set up every project that I need to do work on mm-hmm. in probably an evening. Um, yeah. and I was, I was set. That's uh, how I've got that, um, one folder that I keep on my machine with a bash script that manages it. And yep. so even if I'm not 
if even if I'm working on a project that's not encapsulated, like I can run my database from there, Elasticsearch. So even if you've got like a local Python app that yeah. you're just running in a local virtual environment, can you can stand up all the appliances Docker and services. And port forward to my local machine. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yep. that's pretty handy to mm-hmm. do. Are you working on like one project, or do you shift contexts? Yeah, right now I'm working on one project. Okay. Um, I'm assigned to a team, and I'm I'm building out um, an Angular component library for them to consume. So, Sweet. from my side, it's mainly I, I start up the server and I work in my own little s- siloed area. We need to build a view component library. Mm-hmm. Make yeah. that happen. You guys, uh, do you guys use Storybook at all? Have you used it before? This came up. Who was talking about Storybook? I've heard like, this like, like in the last twenty-four or, hours. Yeah. Someone brought it up, and I've already forgotten. I, who I it have too. It was sorry. Austin. Austin. He was talking about it yesterday. We were talking about Vueionic, and he was talking about building out. It's like oh, he said he was Vue-ionic, doing like a component-based uh, architecture. It was yep. along the lines of you like you you go to build out a screen of the app, and you go <laughs> to like the right, smallest yeah. component. And then work your way back up. Yep. And he was using Storybook. You you've used it. I haven't. Oh yeah, absolutely. Explain explain. Yeah, it I to have me. no idea. because so, I might have messed that up. But. So the way that that I've described it to people is it's it's your own isolated web page that you fully control. Hmm. Um, so what I do on mine is I start at the the lowest level, and so like I've been writing custom inputs. So it's in that one singular area. I I create my input. The Storybook file kind of consumes it as its own web page. Uh, the best part about this is I'm not having to click through a UI to get to my my little component I'm working with, um, and uh, it has built-in features to like dynamically change uh, variables. So if you want to change the width of like your, your heading text on something, um, you can plug it in there and dynamically see it without having to recompile your code or anything like that. Right. Um, it has built-in accessibility testing, uh, built-in uh, viewport testing. Um, and it's 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 an isolated area for you to play around. It's sort of like a UI sandbox. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that would be it? a good good uh, good way to to describe it. Um, and it's really flexible. The the community support behind it has blown up over the past year or so. And I'm guessing, I'm gathering that it is um, kind of framework agnostic because Austin was talking about it in the context of React, I yep. believe. Mm. And you're using it for Angular. Yep. Um, they've they've expanded their their support. It's 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 not exactly framework agnostic, but they cut they uh, they uh, support all the major players out there right now. I want to say it was originally uh, built with React in mind, and I know that they've had like. Um, you can have inline end-to-end testing uh, executing on it too. Um, Sweet. And then it uh, expanded over to Angular and Vue, and then there's more and more um, languages or frameworks being supported. Everything but Elm, Tyrell. Mm. No Elm. It's it's my life. I'm used to it. Let me get an Elm update Vue, from Tyrell. You've Vue been writing... gets close to it, kind of, right? Yeah, Vue is close enough when done correctly that I'm, I'm good with that. Because Flux is Elmy. Right? Am I? Yes. Do I have that right? That the that Vuex. Uh, Vuex. Vuex is, yeah. is, is Elm. Vuex is, yeah. is like it has the Ar- Elm architecture. So you've you've so. preached about Elm a few times on the show. You went out to ElmConf. You've been writing Vue for four months. You still you still on Elm, or is, is Vue scratching that itch? I mean, Vue is Vue is close enough. Vue has kind of. You heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Elm devs. <laughs> no, I mean I'd still love to build an Elm. I want to. Um, but I just like, I, I don't have the time or the project to invest into it. And I've not been dissatisfied enough. That's the thing to hear. I've not been dissatisfied enough 
the my pain, work in the view. The pain has not been great enough. Correct. <laughs> that I have. That I have. Uh, or I've just become numb to the pain. Maybe it, <laughs> since, sensory adaptation, I've just grown weary of, of, of flailing against it. The pain uh, is just noise that your brain filters. Yeah, out it, it's you. right. It's right. It's like I've got a limp now that I just have, <laughs> have adjusted my walk for. This, uh, this is this is my this is how I treat my body. Yeah, so I haven't been to a doctor in ten years. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I mean, my shoulder's always fucked up though. I don't need yeah. to go to the doctor today because no, it hurts. It hurts still. Every day. It still mostly works. It definitely yeah. hurts yeah. more now than it did ten years so ago. Still, but my wife was looking at kickbox classes the other day, and and so I was just like, dude, nine car wrecks, right? Like two rollover accidents in there. I I used to beat on a heavy bag. I used to beat the shit out of one. And I would kick it too, mm-hmm. and and now if I try to do that like a Chuck Norris, you know, Texas <laughs> do a roundhouse kick on that kick, thing, yeah, I get this click like in my lower back that's not pleasant mm-hmm. and it's discerning. So no, I I'm not, I'm not a, don't do that I'm no anymore. chiropractor. I don't think it's supposed to click. Uh, no, it used to not. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I've not done any elm, elm, elm stuff lately, and it makes me a little sad, but mm. I'm all right with it. That's all right. I'm all right. We'll find it. it. Yeah. Maybe Storybook supports it. No, it doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not, well, it's not JavaScript. So, so it supports uh, React, React Native, Vue, Angular, Mithril, Marco, Ember, Riot, and Svelte. Wait, Mithril? Let's go yep. back to Mithril. Yeah, for <laughs> I love that we all, we all heard Mithril. No, well, it's, it's not spelled Excuse like Lord me? of the Rings style. Not Lord of the Rings? No, still. No. What, yeah. is, what, <laughs> what is the not Lord of the Rings? Well, so it's M-I-T-H-R-I-L. There's a Y also, in the Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah. 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 I also yeah. love that you caught that. It's like, well, that's not the Lord of the Rings yeah. spelling. Sorry. That's because they didn't <laughs> no, want... That's he because said, they check your expectations. That's we don't because know they didn't want the Tolkien exta- uh, estate oh, yeah. coming after That's them. true. Yeah. There's not a they, non-Lord they of the Rings it. Mithril. Yeah. Mithril is a modern... Cause because who doesn't describe their Why JavaScript I want as modern? modern. Yeah, yeah, of course. We're living in the modern era again. Well, it's just like, that's, this is a pet peeve of mine, because every, every theme you buy is a modern, clean yeah. design. But that's a term that doesn't age, you know? So yeah. it might have been modern when you made it, but I'll sidestep that for a minute and read the rest <laughs> well, of it. What are, you, what are you supposed today to say gives you 2009 vibes? Is that what you say in your theme? I mean, I think, because when I, when I read the word modern, that's what I hear. Yeah. Is like, oh, this was modern. It's a modern web 3.0. Exactly. Framework. Modern with a little asterisk, like as of the date it was made. Yeah. Um, uh, client-side JavaScript framework for building single-page applications. Ah, efficiency-focused. <gasps> Less than 10 kilobytes gzipped. Ooh. So... Jesus. When, when I see uh, when I see that, I know I know where the focus is. When it's like the the first sentence of the description of the project gives the compressed file size, so performance focused, um, fast routing, and XAR utilities out of the bo- XHR utilities out mm. of the box. Mm. Sounds like could be any framework. Yeah, yeah. Being honest the, here, the moment yeah. you you bolt on everything you need. Guess what? It's the same it's size. It's the same size yeah, as everything exactly. else. Yeah. yeah. It, turns it, out, sound like, it turns out you also had to npm install everything else, right? Yeah. So my assumption is that um, Storybook allows for submission of uh, pull requests, and you had some Mithril enthusiasts who said, "Ha ha! I'll make support for Mithril." Yeah, most and, likely. Yeah, because I, I don't imagine someone <laughs> thought like, "Oh, you know what? This needs." Uh, this other framework that I haven't really used, but I hear is really going places with the uh, 
the performance-minded crew. I'm going to create a jQuery one and see if they'll yeah. uh, yeah. see how quickly yeah. they dump all over it. Yeah. <laughs> we we talked three episodes ago about our love for um, uh, novelty open source projects. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll say this about Mithril. They have a two-line Hello World, um, and I don't think I could Hello World in view in two lines. Mm-hmm. So it's got that going for it. Yeah. Very efficient. Hmm. Sorry, I just you said that and I picked up. I had to go research it. No worries. I'm gonna dig into Mithril. It it could be the next React, the <laughs> next album, <laughs> next album, the next album, next everything. It's very modern. Um, it is modern. <laughs> the next Knockout. You guys remember Knockout? Oh man, <laughs> people, st- people still out there write Knockout. Do they really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. I don't think it's been updated did in a you, long time. Did but you you, find you out. said that like you've got some real. I some, I, some I did real a lot of knockout. knockout. I did a lot of knockout before. Um, I did uh, before I learned about Angular. Yeah. Um, I don't really know what knockout is. Knockout has commits from four months ago. It's, oh, seriously? Yeah. Wow. It's mm-hmm. it's primarily a MVVM JavaScript framework. So like you mm. didn't you didn't get anything like. Um, routing or a whole lot but it had the two-way uh data binding oh okay um, so you have views and view models right, yeah right. right so yeah um pass and uh, the the templating engine on it was uh i think it was based off of handlebars and Ooh, so it was really yeah. it was really familiar knockout is with. kind of embery as, as i recall you have two-way yeah. data, data binding yeah. they both are based on handlebars templating yep. i don't know if it's better or worse yeah well um mm. the 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 backing on knockout was primarily from a microsoft uh developer i believe so that's that's where the the skew on that came from mm, gotcha so. I, yeah i i had always wondered what kind of sparked the, the the knockout briefly i was like why is this a thing and uh yeah knowing that it Knowing that it was started by a Microsoft guy kind of makes me think like it was someone from my a former Microsoft guy who was like Ember's cool, but mm-hmm. and then you get knockout from a a, a .NET guy that that kind of checks out. Yeah, interesting. I worked on one knockout project. I don't even really remember anything about the framework yeah. other than the name. Yeah. It was catchy. I, Stuck with you. Yeah. Mm. But four months ago, commits on master. So someone's out oh, there. Yeah. Someone out there maintaining it. Someone someone's found a, knocking it out. It's at least as, <laughs> yeah. They're at least going after there's, zero day exploits. I was or about something to say like there's that. there's yeah. money being made by knockout still by mm-hmm. someone. That machine yeah. still prints money yep. somewhere. Yep. That's right. And it's getting supported. Ah, I love a good walk down JavaScript memory lane mm. from the, last. The week. frameworks from th- from three weeks ago. <laughs> Look back on them fondly. I'm um, like, man, we almost shipped an app. Yeah, and then we rewrote it. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, Blake's not here to defend JavaScript. Um, he couldn't. He, he he couldn't make it on time today. Mm. Um, so, sorry, Blake. Yeah, pour one sorry. out for Blake. We miss you. We'll see him next time. He wanted to come hang out with you. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Um, so, I um, I was thinking about uh, one of the things that I did when I was setting up. You my should buy local that book, Mac by the way. Uh, we were we talked about it. This is my this is my tabs from the last gotcha. episode over there. Oh, okay. Is it good? Because uh, I've 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 heard this is the book. This yes. is the book. Uh-huh. Blake Blake gave us a glowing review of it. Austin really likes it, and Austin liked it. And then everything else I've heard was was equal to my outside reaction. So we've already we've already covered this a little bit. We'll we'll listen to last week's episode if you didn't hear us talking about the uh, the DevOps book. Mm-hmm. Uh, but is it good? You like it? I found it really good. Um, however, I enjoyed it more after reading the goal. Um, okay. So I, I actually did a developer book review today at RevUnit, nice. and um, 
so the the goal is is kind of the the basis behind it of finding bottlenecks within a manufacturing plant and optimizing on them. The Phoenix Project takes that from more of a technology focus mm. of here are our bottlenecks in a DevOps organization, and uh, they they work around it, find uh, and and they uh, they kind of tie in some more technology focused things. Now the one thing about uh, the Phoenix Project is if you work in an agency model, it's not as relevant because there's some like drastic changes and recommendations that are really hard to do on a project with a limited timeline. That's it's, what we talked it's about. long term investment. So the goal is like kind of talks about theory of constraints, right? Exactly. And and we talked about Kanban versus Scrum mm-hmm. and that's what I was asking yeah. Blake last week was like Okay, they're on Kanban, they're using theory of constraints. I was like, do you think it would apply to the agency model, separate from product company? He felt strongly that it could. It it could, but it would be very hard. And it would be all about how, who you're working with and like your budgetary constraints. Because if you're you're an agency model more on the consulting side, you can push those practices a lot better than being staff-ogged. Right. Um, so so. if you're, if you're just plugging into an existing team and you're not in control of their framework Mm -hmm. or or process. Yeah. Um, and, and after you read the Phoenix project, I'd recommend you read, um, I'd recommend you read the unicorn project, which came out just a couple months ago. Um, it's a follow up, um, same story just happening in tandem in a different part of the company. It's all focused about the developers. Same author. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Is this Uh, a new genre? Like narrative? It seems to be. Narrative, but yeah. dev I don't know. Like, management books. I read um, I Dream and Code, um, which I forget. That, that may be an early aughts. I don't um, know. Yeah, it's, uh, it's about a uh, Python project um, that um, a company, like some investors, yeah, 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 got together and um, start to make this uh, product. But... The thing was like that when you were making a product back then, it was like, you know, open source versus uh, do we pay for stuff? And so um, that was kind of interesting. The drama there was them determining whether to use open source tools and which tools to use. And uh, and then other than that, it was the regular tech, you know, startup company kind of a thing. See, I've never read anything that was that, was that close to the tech. I've read um, The Hard Thing About Hard Things by Ben Horowitz of Andreessen Horowitz, one of these big mm. uh, venture capital firms that came out of the dot-com mm. bubble. In fact, he talks about, uh, so he was an early employee at Netscape. Mm. And so he was there in the Netscape v. Microsoft, the, the antitrust lawsuit and all that stuff, right. exits through that, and then goes and helps um, fund or found a company that goes into uh, an IPO right in the middle of the dot-com bust. Wow. And like just talks about it. It's And it's not, it talks a little bit about the tech, but it's definitely from the C-suite side mm. of navigating, like trying to find the funding to carry on and just the crazy shit. They've got like hundreds of employees and they've got enough money in the bank to run for like four more days. Yeah. And they're sitting around the boardroom I mean, trying to figure out like, what, what do we do right now to get us another week on this IPO? It's, it's a, it's a fascinating book. Yeah. That's Definitely a fascinating more business time. Stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think about that from time to time. Yeah, this like, was, was and they like? were doing real yeah. shit when like pets.com was bringing down the tech economy. Um, these guys were doing like real hardware based, like, like big, I mean, they were just kind of ahead of their time. Like these very big, like infrastructure type products that they were trying to build and they were competing in a landscape where you just had 
vaporware after vaporware. If you had fucking dot com in the name of your C Corp, you were guaranteed a hundred million dollars C. Right. You know, yeah. um, so that's a cool book, but it doesn't really get into the code side of it. Mm. Boypest.com really became the whipping boy of that whole mess. I know. Yeah. I always bring it up. It comes yeah. up in the book. No, a that's bunch. what everybody Maybe mentions. Pest.com. Oh, dot com bubble. Yeah, mm-hmm. Pest.com. Mm-hmm. And I instantly think of that poor sock puppet dog. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, hey, buddy. Yeah. That was a bad one. Uh, mm-hmm. And then what was um where was Mark Cuban was at one in that. He he got out, but it was uh was it like lower my bills or something like that? He made his money. Line. He I, made I, I believe he made a, a a big chunk of his wealth. Yeah, he got out before the bu- getting burst. out yep. of a company that went down with the bubble. Yeah, for sure. I can't yeah. remember what it was, but uh, it's a crazy time. I thought it may have been like an antivirus company. Could have been. I could. I'm. Oh, I'm known and, and for now, being wrong a lot. Now I'm excited about McAfee stories. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. What's he up to oh, these days? Man. I did a report Just on him. Literally every time. drug he can get his hands on. Mm, I'm sure. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and and shouting at the government that their hackers will never be good enough because yeah. you got to give them more. Like they won't work for you, man. They only work for me because I give them all the coke they want. Um, he knows how to motivate. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't get involved with the latest like Apple backdoor broadcast.com. Broadcast. Broadcast. That was where that was Mark Cuban's. Mm. Uh, that was his dot com. Okay. Uh, that he wrote. Uh, acquired by holy shit mm. Yahoo five point seven billion. Because Yahoo was throwing out. You thought yeah. you thought Facebook buying Instagram for eleven billion dollars were stupid. Yahoo was throwing out stupid, stupid money in 2001. Mm-hmm. I bet that's crazy. I don't even know what broadcast.com did. Here's what yeah. I know for sure is I don't, I've never been there. No, I haven't that's either. A, that was no. a $5.7 billion website that I never saw, right. which is hard to imagine. Well, that's, that sounds like, like it broadcast stuff. I think yeah, <laughs> early twitch.tv. Mm, yeah. That's kind of what I was, yeah. you know, Something except like that, that the streaming technology wasn't quite there yet. You know, so, if you yeah. go to broadcast.com, it Yahoo. just redirects you to Yahoo. Yeah. Uh, that is a $5.7 billion 301 right there. <laughs> I really don't yes. like Twitch. I don't like the interface of the site. I hate how it looks. I It's like. Do you consume on Twitch or do you stream on Twitch? Yeah. I'm just watching. Stuff. I'm not trying to dox you to everybody oh. <laughs> to, go, to, go find, to go find your your stream. No, but I don't. I was curious from is it the consumer side? I never consume anything on Twitch. Yeah. Do you stream Little. on Twitch? No, I've oh, only I've only I ever have. streamed on um, YouTube. Oh, yeah. YouTube Live. Got We've streamed you. this show, right? Um, that's all I've streamed. I haven't streamed yet. I've streamed on Twitch um, a little bit. Um, game game yeah. streaming? Yeah, you know, yeah. A lot so, of people are doing live coding and stuff as a thing now. Yeah. Um, I, I've, I've looked into that too. Um, my thing was for a charity gaming marathon um, where we would stream for 24 hours um, and just hang out and try and raise money. But I, I did look into... Um, I watched um, one of the developers on the game Shovel Knight like code for an hour before I got bored and got off of the, of it's the screen. Hard to it's, watch. it's hard to watch. Yeah. Um, and for them to engage their audience, they can't be focused on their code. So right. it's kind of counterproductive. That's yeah, true. It yeah. Like it would be just like, Hey, um, I'm glad we got a new subscriber. Thanks. I'm trying to figure out this. Yeah. Goddamn interface. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, shit. Shit. 
Oh, that's what Excellent. watching me live code would be. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And a lot of Googling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Like, damn. And then, and then just like me flipping over to Spotify and like, next, next, next. Yeah. <laughs> you know, after you like, when you're shuffling, I don't know if you're shufflers, but if you shuffle music oh, yeah. like me, do you ever get in just a next rut? Like, no, not that. Yeah. That's not it either. And I start every, to question why I'm even looking for music. Yeah, like, every is music what I need right now? Every so. time you skip tracks, the bar gets a little bit higher. Like, well, that's a good song, but fuck, I've been at this for 10 minutes. I've, I I've heard better. that one a lot. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah like, Besides, uh, what's... Unless you really want to just sit there and watch what they do and see what they're doing when they try to solve problems. Right. And wait six hours in when they're like, finally. See, I, yeah. <laughs> they write it down. I have watched, um, not live coding, but I have watched people that produce video content where they recorded themselves yep. live coding and then they edit it. Yes. Right. And you and you get the success path. Like, all right, the next thing you do is this, and they yeah. and that's a that's a ton of fucking work. Uh, I've can also you done that before. Can you, so you've done it. Yeah, yeah. What, what's I, it I, like going through twelve hours of video to find the eight minutes where you wrote the right line of code? Uh, it's a pain in the rear. I um, bet. So I actually have like it's. I think it's four hours in all of PSD to HTML tutorials on my YouTube channel. Okay. Yeah. Um, wow. it, incredibly out of date. But do you um, want to plug your channel? Uh, we, you don't have to. I, I, I don't even. Know, I don't even know the URL anymore. Um, it used to be YouTube.com/slash Captain Worthy. All right. But I don't even know. It, they've changed their URL structure. And for a savvy listener, that will be enough. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm pretty sure I can find that. They now. changed it to like randomize. Yeah. yeah. No. U mm. question mark question mark U equals some hexadecimal string. Mm. Um, yeah. Let's check in on my channel real quick. So, How you doing? Uh, How oh, you there doing it is. You? Yeah. He so I it. have two thousand. 440 subscribers. Holy shit. Look at this guy. Damn. Look at a YouTube star. Hey, uh, yeah. It's been five years since my last post. We need to flip this around. Yeah. I would like to plug the podcast on your YouTube <laughs> yeah. channel. Yeah. Because we've only got like a thousand subscribers over Let's here. Let's that thing and get that going again. Yeah. yeah. No shit. Let's so, make them like and subscribe. Was it click the bell? Click the, yeah, click yeah, the bell. Watch, yeah. Click and subscribe and the bell. Cyberbully yeah. that like button. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, like once when once when YouTube changed over their so I had I had put in probably about forty hours to get that first uh, like I think it's uh, six tutorial videos out. Okay, and it was six months before I ever saw a return on that. And it okay. was a hundred dollars. Yeah, and then I got another like return on that six months later, and so like there was absolutely it, it's it, at the time it was a long term. Right. Um, inv investment, I guess. Um, but then they changed their terms where you have to have X number of views before you can monetize. Uh, yeah, it before all. you can monetize it all. Yeah. So, like, you know, paying my paying the the electricity bill every six yeah. months was was nixed pretty hard. And so that's when I kind of threw my hands up in the air and yeah. gave up on all that. So it's hard to do. I mean, it's it's hard to bootstrap like a content based show. We oh, do yeah. we do this show here under the if we were trying to do this independently and pay ourselves a salary to do mm. it, man, that mm. would be a hard slog. Yeah, so we just it do it for funsies instead. Yeah. Yep. Um, well, that's where the passion comes from. The moment you start trying to do it for money, it's not as much fun or valuable to the 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 consumer. It becomes right. it comes apparent. Yep. yep. I watch um, YouTube more than TV. Same. Hundred percent. Oh, oh really? Yeah. For sure. I watch I watch YouTube more than Netflix yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah, like like going beyond I used that. To, I'm not there. I've yeah. I've been close, but I'm not there. One of my favorite things about YouTube, the app, is that um, if you if you have like the companion app, I, I we watch. Um, I don't have an Apple TV, but I use my Xbox One at home. Mm -hmm. We have the YouTube app on there, and you can connect 
the YouTube app on your phone to yeah. another device and multiple people can connect and you can basically build a jukebox. Um, so you have a queue going on the TV. And so Paige and I will sit at home. Oh, yeah. This is most evenings for us is like, you want to watch YouTube? And we will just both just start dropping videos in the queue from our subscriptions and stuff. And we'll put together an hour and a half or two hours. Like we would sit and watch a movie and we watch 10 different YouTube videos, you know, or that's, something like that. That's interesting. We, it, I might be doing that this evening. It's a I lot of fun. Yeah, I, yeah. I know you can connect with Fire TV, but I'm not sure about the queue kind of thing. I've never tried. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's just part of how YouTube standardizes apps on the like, client side That's what I would kind will, of figure, for a tv yeah. based device because what you do is you just, obviously the api is there somewhere right yeah yeah and it's uh it's very smart like uh if you're on wi-fi the youtube app will detect you don't have to be signed in because because Paige can sign into her youtube account but still add stuff to the queue mm. she's not signed in on the xbox mm-hmm. so it's doing some sort of like service discovery over the network it'll see that you when you play a video there's a little icon in the corner if you have a place you can cast it to like chromecasting essentially mm-hmm. um and then when you connect to it when you click on a video you can either play it now or add it to the queue and i get like a little notification pops up on the tv so and so added a video mm. to the queue um well, that's kind of cool it's a really cool way to use it you can have a youtube party everyone can just come over and throw stuff in the so queue. i used to watch a lot more music videos i was thinking about this the mm-hmm. other day and i just don't as yeah. much anymore and sometimes i kind of miss that you know some days like just queuing up some vivo yeah 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 that's all music videos on youtube yeah. i assume yeah. are hosted by vivo mm-hmm. that works. pretty safe assumption um, I've tried their app, but their app helped redirect me to the new Britney Spears song. Mm. Uh, and so that had to go. Like, no. I mean, every time. Like, I would come out of Trivium, <laughs> some, some kind of speed metal. Like, How much did they then, pay for that redirect? Right? I wonder if that's more than broadcast.com. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so doesn't have good recommendations anymore. Like, if you play, like, let's say you start playing music videos. Then you'll get all your like normal stuff that you watch every day in the the recommended list instead of like more music, yeah. right? Which I don't mm. like. So yeah, what, what I started doing, I found an app called Pretzel. Okay, and it plays yeah. royalty free music, um, and uh, through just various genres. But it's awesome because you can like what I do is I set it up for Pixel or Chip Chip Tunes. So nothing with gotcha. any lyrics, and they have like the electronic right. dance stuff and eight yeah. bits. Just, I've, yeah, I've played just, with that a little bit. Some just, sound you packs just keep it going, with, yeah. and you're you're not getting distracted by trying to find a song you like, yeah. or anything like that. Y'all, yeah. this yeah. reminds me of. So you you want to hear the nerdiest thing ever? Lay it on me. So I have a beat that I open up in Reaper, and I work on a little bit, and then I just let it loop. While I write code, oh, like nice. sixteen bars of see, know, that's whatever. fun. Then, I didn't even think about that. I've, You're I've not just playing a loop. Drum machines into it. You too, pop so over then I to can, it. I can shut that one off, put that one on, and then go back. Be like, yeah. You fucking right. DJ your own music while you're coding. Yeah, that's, that's fun. Instead of skipping tracks, you just pop over to it and be like, I just want to change this beat up a little bit. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's good. Exactly. I'll let that loop for. Yeah, it's almost like that's minutes. that's my mode. You know, right there where I'm at with that. Yeah, that's, that's also great. far from the nerdiest thing ever. Probably not the nerdiest thing said in this podcast. No. Not even, oh, not even in the last 30 yeah. minutes. Uh-huh. I remember uh-huh. I explained what noodling was once upon a time on here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like red redneck uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever yeah, the redneck is. equivalent of uh, nerding is, that is noodling. Noodling. Yeah. 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 Uh, that That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. That would be fun. I owe Alan 
some samples. Yeah, you do. I got my home Man, studio I put set that up in there. Yeah, I got some. I got my studio set up. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you some samples. Soon. Yeah, I look some forward drum to samples it. for you to put into your beats there. Absolutely. Uh, Alan's got some half produced new intro music for the show. I do. That's what. Oh, I, that's what? Yeah. Well, that's what I listen to. Yeah. It's, it, it's that loop. So oh, all right, yeah. it's gonna happen. Well, that's exciting. You're gonna hear it. Soon. Yeah. So, uh, returning way back when, when we were just like, hey, Max and PCs in mm-hmm. development. Oh yeah. Because that was a thing at one point. Yeah, that's. A, I, I did want to ask. That's a this. point of focus. Um, now that because now that Docker is a huge thing, you don't have to do as much. Like, do you have Homebrew on your on your MacBook? There, do uh, you use Homebrew. I I do have it, but I haven't used it on anything. I had to. Um, it was recommended when I was installing um, a piece of software. I can't really remember. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Bruce. Pre- Bruce. Pretty. Homebrew awesome. was so yeah. crucial to everything. Yeah. For a while. And now Docker, Docker right? was just like, nope, yeah. what did I need Homebrew for? To install Postgres, to install Elasticsearch, to install Redis, to, to install everything. And to install it if I needed to. And now yeah. I run those in Docker containers. But there are a few things. Here's what I've discovered about Homebrew. Because that was the first thing I did setting up my new environment yep. is I went and got Homebrew. Yep. And... Um, and then I didn't need it. And then I, didn't I was just it, like, yeah. oh, shit. But what I did need to do is set up Docker for Mac. Mm. And then I went to go download Docker for Mac, and that sends you to Docker Hub now. Mm. And it says, log in with your Docker ID. And yeah, I'm like, that's motherfucker, ass. you can't be the necessary tool for the entire internet to function and make me go create a log. I just got really upset. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to download the disk image and install it. And I, I refused. And so I was just trying to find like a link to someone mirrored it somewhere. Like that. <laughs> and I discovered the a bit torn of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I was, I was close, right? I discovered the beauty of casks in homebrew. And I had never uh, actually used them. Every once in a while, you would go to brew install something, and it would say, like, there's a cask of that. Do you want to brew cask install? And I'm just like, I, I guess. I don't yeah. know what the difference is. Yeah, but I need that, so yeah. yeah. It's yeah. one of those things where you see it, and you're just like, why, why didn't you just do that? Yeah, um, yeah. right. Uh, but uh, brew cask is apparently, they're, the casks are... Um, seem to be like a more straightforward install script that you can write for brew. They're community maintained and it basically automates the type of stuff where you would normally download a Mac disk image, a DMG, mm. and you open up the little thing and it gives you the drag the icon into the applications folder thing. Um, it's community t- maintained versions of command line installable stuff or like that. And so I brew cask installed Docker for Mac and it all just came up and I was like, that's pretty sweet nice. that I can do it that way. So do you, you've you've got the little whale at the I top. I got the little whale and everything, like, just like I installed yeah. it by hand. And, and then I then I got curious and I was like, brew cask install Firefox. Got Firefox. Brew cask install Slack. Got Slack. And it was like, ah, oh wow. I will never go to the Mac App Store again. Yeah, no kidding. Um, you don't need an Apple ID, right? So for all of these, it's, it's, it's definitely um, much more common with developer-related tooling because it's right. home. It's a package manager. Yeah. Right. But like all of these things that are just standalone apps that you would have to go download, go to the site, download this image, most of them have casks. Yeah, on Windows, I use something called Chocolatey. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. So I'm like, always asking people if they know. I, you know, I have yeah. a gist of all the apps that I would normally install on my developer box. Um, and I'd seen how I could technically... Uh, I think it, I would have to run like a curl against it and pipe it into chocolate. Yeah, yeah. So just open command line and immediately install everything. All that stuff. Yeah. So, so that's that's. I didn't even think about that. You were you could. It's now scriptable. Mm-hmm. I can build a. Yep. I can build a lock file 
mm. for all of my like native apps on, mm. on my machine. Put it in M dot files. And I was, uh, yeah. So my, so over time, the useful, if the curve of brew, homebrew's usefulness dropped very, very steeply after using Docker and then suddenly just came, it was at almost zero. And now all of a sudden I have a use for it again, but it's all most exclusively for casks. Yeah. So if you're like me and you used homebrew and you never explored what casks are, um, to me, they're the most useful thing. Now that we're using Docker to manage appliances, so yeah, that's that's, that's a pro tip. Yeah, I wasn't even able to get Docker to run on my Windows. Really? I haven't done that. It, it, it can be hard. It's um, yeah. Uh, I, I had it installed on my previous uh, Windows machine, and it felt pretty clunky. Uh, um, is it running natively on Windows, or do you need to no, use like it, the it runs bash like it does on, thing on Mac? It's like, like a it, VM that yeah. runs. Well, Got it. This yeah. was just like. You don't have Enterprise Edition. Oh, yeah. You have to have Windows yeah. Professional. What? Yeah. Uh, what? And, and have, I'm assuming yeah, it's because of the That's how I machines. didn't notice. That's interesting. Yeah. Oh, you can't do virtualization on Windows oh, Home? I didn't know that. I guess huh. that's true. I don't know what use my grandmother I mean, needs. The, like, the <laughs> best thing I would be able to do is put, like, VM Player on there and then hmm. get, like, a Mac or something. And then <laughs> and put Docker on. Put VM in your VM. <laughs> yeah. Yo, dog, I heard you like virtual machines. So that's, that's, that's how I actually got out of using a Mac at Rockfish. At one point in time, I had to run a Windows Phone emulator, and you, you couldn't, just fucking you, you couldn't virtualize within a virtual environment. Right. And I was like, you guys want me to support this app? You got to give me a Dell. Ah, and, and yeah. Nice. So I was one of the few developers that got to use a, a, a Dell machine. That's so. fun. So, uh, so that's that's homebrew. I'm trying to think of what else. What else did yep. I have to go through to bootstrap a dev environment? You got or at Docker. Least that yeah. We used to have to. Yeah, I was well, say, and, yeah. And that's the that's been what I've really been impressed with is the the setup and everything has been incredibly streamlined. Yeah, I just hardware and the software OS side of things has has been the real challenge. Mm-hmm. Have so, you accidentally opened Xcode ever and lost 30 minutes of your day? I don't yeah. know if I even have Xcode installed. Yeah. You definitely then you have don't the, have Homebrew installed. No, no you, okay. you, you have to have the command line right. tools, not the right. full Xcode. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, okay, that's, yeah, that's that, probably what I have. That's then. how you yeah. get like a system native Git yeah. in a, a few other things. There's, yeah. a, there's some shit that you don't have on a Mac um, that is like super frustrating that you can brew install. I'll okay. say that. Uh, I want to say wget is yeah. not uh, native on the Mac. You don't have that in the Darwin mm. kernel or whatever. Um, I, I'm not sure. I haven't tried. Yeah, so you, that can be brew installed. Um, HTOP. Um, yes. Because you don't have the, yeah. Mac, the, the top that ships with Mac OS is bad yeah. if you need to look at you know processes and stuff like that. So yeah. there's a few little things like that mm. that haven't come up recently for me. Um, if you haven't discovered yet, Docker for Mac has some quirks. Uh, and you you probably in in front end development see it more. Um, Docker for Mac has a serious inefficiency with anything that accesses the file system. Oh yeah, and it's like it is super power and CPU like intensive, mm-hmm. um, and so anything that's doing like hot reloading and watching the yeah. file system, like man, you just if you if you run your if you run Node in a Docker container. Like just watch your battery. Yeah, I, I've I've primarily I've been focusing on making sure that like my web services and everything are running in Docker, and I just I, I stick with the the native. That's what we do. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say that. Yeah, that's why I do. For there sure. are there are some like places where that becomes a challenge, right? Where you have um, where you need your front end application mm-hmm. that you can just run natively, not in Docker, but then if it needs to access some service via Docker's um, service discovery. 
right? Yeah. So if it needs to access some URL for a Docker container that you've you know given like a convenient name, that's a little more tricky. You have to go hard code some Docker IP in or yeah. or something like that. Yeah, like we run into trouble with uh, Minio, which is it's basically like a local S3 service running in your cluster. Speaks S3's API, essentially. Okay. So you point any S3-centric tool at it, and you can locally develop without having to communicate across the internet. Yeah, but it's uh, because of the whole Docker network thing, um, it can't talk to whenever you're running your front end, like, you know, natively on your local machine, they can't talk to each other. It can't talk to that. Like your browser system. can't serve a URL out of yeah. if you go to download a file or something. Yeah. So that's one place where um, I've got one project that runs, it builds a container um, that runs like my um, NPM stuff for my front end application, but mm -hmm. I'm like, I have to plug my Mac into power because mm. seriously, yeah. hot reloading, like I will drain a battery in an hour with it. And it's something along the lines of um, that Docker for Mac virtual machine, every time it needs to do a system call to access the disk, it has to make like 85 calls or some ridiculous mm. like inefficiency. Yeah, yeah, that one project where you use the cookie cutter thing that has that cookie cutter has it. Yeah, running. that's the one. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. they put it in a yeah because they, they in have a container. an nginx container to serve the front end. Actually, it serves it's both. Even your back end in that cookie cutter project is so the static files. Yeah, it puts static files in nginx for gotcha. you. Yeah. They, you know, I see what they were going for. I mean, for. that's the way we did it, though, in Django they, they land for years, right? They wanted to give you right? a, like a Docker, Docker. Yeah. They, yeah. they didn't know that you were going to serve your media through S3. They wanted to give you a Docker Compose file that was production ready and yeah. would run your yeah. static media server for you as well. And I'm sure there's a use case where you can't use S3 or, you know, a comparable service, and that's useful. Totally. You're running your own hardware. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, but yeah, so that that is the that's the one I was thinking of, Willow, it, it it turns through some battery pretty bad. Um, man, I don't know what else. I, I feel like this is... Oh, it, I got something I, I can right. definitely complain yeah, about. Yeah, lay it yeah. on me. It's, yeah. I'm ready. It, I, they've, they've fixed it now, but this I noticed you were using a keyboard on top of your keyboard. You have a keyboard yeah. on your keyboard. Yeah, like, I, I'm a Vim user. Okay. I have to have Vim yeah. emulation in yeah. any text editor I use, and the fact that I don't have a physical, physical escape key. Key. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that does feel weird. Why a lot they of do that? They, uh. the, the touch bar. So they have a yeah. touch bar now. They put it as a. They replace that top the row. The whole row, which happened to hold the escape. Key. Your your yep. function keys up there are all replaced with a, a yeah. thing. Uh, what a lot of people do, because um, when that first came out, we had some some Vim users here at Lofty. Yep. And we got them a machine, and they're like, "What the fuck?" Ah. Um, remap. You can you can remap at the hardware level the uh, uh, tilde key yep. or the backtick key. Yep. So I, I use a sixty percent keyboard at home. Okay. So it's natively an escape key. You hold down a function, it becomes uh, the grave accent and tilde and all that stuff. Right. Um, but when I when I went to do that that hardware emulation or, or whatever with with my keyboard, it broke my uh, the functionality of my physical keyboard and so like i have i have to gotcha, yeah. turn it on and off but the the keyboard itself is a little bit annoying for me um so i like further key travel time so yeah i feel like i'm gonna punch through the bottom, the bottom of yep. sometimes. Yeah. 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 i always hook mine up to an external keyboard yeah. for yeah. most purposes most anyway. yeah i'm traveling over the weekend i'm planning on on doing exactly this of that keyboard, keyboard on, on keyboard. a keyboard yeah so yeah. i don't throw the laptop i'm glad i have the old one yeah. yeah, the old ones are were better. 
Yeah. It's the definitely when they moved to the touch bar, they, they changed they, the touch bar got rid of the escape key, but they also changed the feel mm-hmm. like the, yeah. the tactile yeah. feel of the keyboard. Yeah. They, they, sw- they went away from the butterfly keys to something else. Soft and, key. Yeah. And squishy. it's just, no. Did the, you, did you build I, I was going to ask if Daniel built his own keyboard. Oh, I was going to just say they're putting the escape key back, by the way. Oh, are they really? Yeah, they just uh, talk. Yeah, 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 the, the yeah, new the one. People the, demand it. The 16-inch yeah. MacBooks have it. Yeah. Nice. So, go ahead. I, I've wanted to. I've, I looked into when doing... When you said 60% keyboard, I was like, yeah. this sounds like a man that's been on Mass yeah. Drop. Uh, uh, so, <laughs> I, I did look into doing an Ergodox, which is a $300 yeah. keyboard. Oh, man, yeah. Uh, yeah. Those, those but then nice. I realized I was going to need one for home and one for work, and then I'm going to have to hot swap it when I'm wanting to game. And so, yeah. um, um, what I what I use I have um, it's a code keyboard um, is yeah. by um, yeah the, the codekeyboard.com um, they sold sixty percent for a little while so I have one of those and then I found uh, found out that what they did is they outsourced to poker um, for sixty percent all they did was just rip out all the uh, the LEDs wow. and uh, the multicolor LEDs and everything like that so yeah. at home I have a at home I have a poker and then at, at work I have a code keyboard. I have a, yeah, I've got a code. It's a WASD code. Yeah, so. yeah. I am. I'm strongly considering building a forty percent, and just oh, trying, yeah? to, trying to live that life. Um, and and my motivation is I want to build a custom case from Walnut. Oh, nice. And 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 then just put it in there. But the forty percent, if you're not familiar with it, is a it's a very small keyboard. Yeah, little bitty. I don't believe you even have. You certainly don't have a function row. You don't yeah. have a ten key mm-hmm. or errors or anything like that. You might not even have someone. Someone's gonna send a message. Yeah. So we, we've got a keyboard snob in the audience. They'll correct me. You might not even have a number row. And so what you okay. do is you flash your own firmware onto the device, and people have come up with there's like actual keyboard firmware frameworks um, that are out there now. And so people come up with all kinds of. You essentially have hotkey. Um, combinations that you hold mm-hmm. that will layer a new map on top of your keyboard. So mm-hmm. you hold some hotkeys and now you have a number row at the top, or you yep. hold a hotkey and now you have arrow keys in the middle of your keyboard. Yep. And people go crazy with that, where like it's just all kinds of stuff. Why, um, why would you want that versus just a keyboard, or like a normal keyboard? Part of it, I think, is just the hacker culture of it, yeah, like building sure. your own. You have to solder yeah. the key switches in oh. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it's also, I wanted it for traveling, it's like this big. Yeah, you know, you throw it in a backpack, I and have, so I have because uh, I have the an Android TV box. Okay, yeah, and we have a keyboard for it because it's the remote. Sometimes it's annoying to have to go and type everything. Oh, it's in. the worst. Yeah, yep. yep. so it has all the keys. It has a space bar. It has all that stuff. It's very small. It's Is like it, that big. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, so did, did that come with the Android TV, or no, are you saying you got we, that separate? We bought it, and it has like a backlight. Okay, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I was I was looking this up. This is some of you guys can't see my screen, and all of the audience can't. So that's irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. Google Google forty percent keyboard, but yeah. Daniel can see this. Yeah, there is no number row on this. Okay. Um, yeah. So you've basically got escape, the QWERTY line through backspace yeah. and down. Yeah. So um, th- that's all. That's kind of similar to the the sixty percent because mine doesn't have the function row. You just hold the function key and your number row. Your becomes, top row becomes yeah. the function row. And yeah. then the the part that I like the most is you hold the function and J K L and I become your arrow keys. Um, for me, it was about 
minimizing the amount I was moving my hand around my keyboard. That's the other thing. It's hand travel, right? Um, yeah. yeah. And it was, it was at a point in my career when I was trying to micro optimize everything. I can save half a second here and maybe I'll have an extra five minutes at the end of the day. And which is a load of crap. But, um, <laughs> and then you spend 16 hours customizing your keyboard. Yeah, exactly. To, to exactly. <laughs> um, uh, hey, you want a micro optimization switch to Dvorak hand travel problems so, go away. It's amazing. I, I tried doing Dvorak, yeah. um, but the the symbols were too far out of um, out of the way. I really struggled with it because I would try to hit a curly brace, and I think it's in a different spot. Or it the is, way it I, is where the plus and minus are on a QWERTY okay. keyboard. But um, I know that so the Dvorak is focused on um, typing. So all your vowels are in your home row mm-hmm. and all that. Well, and, all your vowels are under your left hand. All okay. of your, you've got your main consonants on okay. home row in your right hand, like S T N. Okay. Right. But, um, I had, I, one of my coworkers at my last job recommended, it was a modified Dvorak that Colmac. Maybe that's what it was. That's, it it yeah. was more focused on coding than, hmm typing uh like uh journalism true so. i i did mm. not i did not evaluate dvorak against writing code i was uh, writing code at the time when i made the switch to it yeah i have not tried to because li- li- the the symbols are not on the home row it is definitely optimized for typing, typing yeah. pros mm-hmm. and particularly like english pros mm-hmm. um it is it is made for languages in which you typically type vowel consonant vowel consonant mm-hmm. vowel consonant um, with the exception of double consonants, you almost never have a keystroke on the same hand twice in a row. Mm. Whereas if you put your hand on a, a QWERTY keyboard and try and type Star Wars uh, over and over and over and over, your hand will cramp up because it's all under your left hand. Mm-hmm. That never happens in Dvorak. It's left, right, left, right, left, right. Um, so that's it. That's a I, I recommend it as much as I can. Do you guys use keyboards when you play like games? I have an external um, keypad. So it's it's essentially the left half of it with a thumbstick and a scroll wheel on it. Um, I used to play Minecraft so much I was getting carpal tunnel. Mm-hmm. So I found like an ergonomic um, external keyboard or keypad for it. Games are hard with Dvorak. I will never play a game with a keyboard ever. Really? I, oh, wow. I use, all controller? Yeah, I will only use a controller. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. But how do you talk up, shit so you on an online game <laughs> well, if you can't type that, it out? So <laughs> <you> yeah. <laughs> but but do you, sometimes you, it's not even that. The micromanaging thing, people like, I know some of those keys, man. Just macro can, them? Yep. Yeah, yeah well, and, and you just suck the response. Camping. Yeah. The response yeah. like to pulling the trigger or something can be quicker. Yep. So yep. you're saying you PC game, but with a, a controller rather than with a keyboard? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. A lot of games have like a built-in aim assist with with sure. controller configuration so I, there's yeah. there's plenty of reason to still do that well I, sure. I like i know that online games generally segregate their pc gamers from their console gamers because pc gamers will just dismantle all console Absolutely. gamers and i assume that was because of keyboard use mouse and keyboard, mouse and keyboard. i would say mouse is that's yeah. one of the reasons why PUBG has segmented them because um there's a well. If you're into that game, there's a great YouTube video of someone that hooks up a Xbox controller to their PC and just gets absolutely demolished. Mm. And you can see it, right? Because they see someone and they like. You can tell they're using a joystick to kind of line it up and aim, and they fire a shot, and like the other player just like immediately turns, is like, bah! like headshot, yep. instant. You know. And I, yeah, I also yeah. like sometimes I like the inverted controls better. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like. That when I'm flying, flying sure. inverted. Yeah. Yes, 
Definitely. Aiming inverted. No. no thank I know. You. I tried that on Battlefront 2 uh, here a while back. Thought like, well, maybe I should invert my shooting too. And no, that never went well. So using Dvorak with PC gaming, most of the time, um, game engines map keys at the hardware level, mm-hmm. like based on key number, yeah. as opposed to at the software level. So my, my changed layout has no effect. Mm. So suddenly when I'm playing a game... It, I'm I'm forced to use QWERTY, yeah. which I can't do. So I like look up the key map for something, and I'm having to translate it in my mind. And I can't send if it's like in-game messaging, you know. Mm, which yeah, nowadays yeah. everything's voice chat anyway. Right. But back in the day of like World of Warcraft, that was really difficult to navigate. So I would just switch back to QWERTY uh, to play games, but yeah. like, like I couldn't type because well, on fast. QWERTY it's usually pretty standard. W A S D. You know, like yeah. Have you ever used a Wiimote as a mouse? A Wiimote? No. No. That's a life hack I yeah. had never thought yeah, that of. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Like point and click, literally. I used it yeah. for a presenting tool where I just went forward and backwards on a slide deck, but I never actually used it as Can a you just pair oh. it up as like a Bluetooth yeah. device yeah. right out of the box? You don't yeah. need any... I didn't know that. You, you can do that, and then to get it to do certain things, like to make it act more like a mouse and keyboard, you can get this thing, download this thing, and like map it. Mm-hmm. I, I did that for a while because I would plug my computer into the TV mm, and yeah. watch shows with it and then use the Wiimote. That's smart. As the, oh, <laughs> the that's mouse. so smart. Mm-hmm. I've, I've done that because that's one of the things that kept me from like keeping a media PC because it was like, I had a wireless like, mouse it, it for was, a long time that I would you'd sit on the couch and like yeah, try and use yeah. your jeans. I, and, so uh, I had a Logitech like yeah. keyboard and mouse yeah. pad all yep. in one thing, and I had the Windows yeah. Media PC remote that you could get. It worked with Xbox, yep. and, and you oh, could yeah, plug it in. It had a little IR receiver. I did build a. I had a. I had one running. Um, what was the damn XMBC? XMBC, the Xbox Media Center. Mm. Mm. It was good Forgot stuff. XB, uh, XBMC, yeah. whatever. Yes, that. Mm. It, yeah, it was. It was good. It was good at the time. Yeah, for sure. I, 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 like, I had a TV tuner. I would watch cable on it, and it was a DVR. I slapped oh, a nice. bunch of hard drives yeah. in it, and I had to rent a DVR mm. from my cable company. It was awesome. Yeah, I jailbroke an old Apple TV and put, one, put that on there, and mm. it was pretty good. It, I forget. It's called, like, Exodus now. Instead Maybe, of uh, yeah. X, yeah, I had heard it. Uh, I had heard like there, it had picked up traction just recently. Um, I don't know if it was like official support for it or what, mm. but um, X, XBMC has I've, I've seen it in some headlines recently. Is it is yeah. it Plex? Plex is the Plex other is, one. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Plex yeah. Is, now Plex is huge. Plex. You can put Plex yeah. on just about anything. Yeah. You can download Plex on your Xbox yeah. straight from the Microsoft Store. You do it on definitely Android TV. Mm-hmm. I think you can do it on Apple TV as well. Yeah, yeah, Fire TV too. And just watch stuff off your Plex server. Yeah. yeah. I looked into setting up a Plex server and that was that was a lot pricier than I was anticipating. Uh, involved, yeah. I've just recently like um, in all my years of computing, set up some network storage at home. Yeah. Mm. Oh, got you a NAS. Finally, not even a real NAS. Mm. I have. A, I'm the very low tech, the Best Buy solution to this problem. I have a hard drive plugged into a router that has a USB port mm. on it, oh, but it exposes yeah. it as a Samba server, yeah. so I can mount it mm. like a yep. drive. It's actually pretty sweet. Mm. Um, have you ever done FTP with like a PlayStation Three? No, no. You can like, FTP to a PlayStation Three if you, 3? If yeah. you like yeah. hack it. Mm. Or, like root or it or something jailbreak yeah. it uh. and then it'll have a ftp thing on it automatically and you can get like filezilla on your computer go drag and, and drop files yeah. can you overwrite the operating system on it that i don't know probably <laughs> I if you, you could probably really mess stuff up <laughs> absolutely you can yeah. 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 yeah yeah not have to look into that i haven't 
I've always enjoyed the the like cracking community of like old, older hardware because that's that's when I'm comfortable doing it. Like I've yeah. I, I've jailbroken my phones a ton, but it's always like, well, got this paid off. If I brick it, I can go get a new one on contract. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Looks like it's time to jailbreak. Yeah. And then I'll jailbreak it. See, I won't see do what that. The I, I won't do it on my current phone, but I'll do it on an old one. They, yep. made, they made that really hard to do on Samsung devices. I know. To recently. root it? Yeah. yeah. Rooting's... Because they put a root kit on yep. it. Aren't those... Aren't they, all those Android... Kids used to scream at me about how can you use an iPhone? Yeah. It's your hardware. No, you I know. I still have a Note three mm-hmm. that I I um, rooted, yeah. and so it's it's my tiny little Linux box mm-hmm. now. You I jailbroke an iPhone once. I'd like to jailbreak yeah, you, the head you, unit in my car. I feel like it's got <laughs> it's got enough horsepower. If I'm going to customize something, I want it to be that. Play Doom on there. Hell yeah! yeah. <laughs> oh, we found a DVD the other day. You remember those? Yep. I forgot where the hell it came from. Paige was digging through something, and she I've was like, still "What got is a this? Bunch. It's a DVD." And I was like, "Man, I don't think we can play that anywhere." She like looked at her Mac, no DVD slot. I was like, "Yeah, I don't have one." She's like, "What about your new computer?" I was like, "No, that's no. like brand new. There's no way there's DVD no. slot on it." And we were thinking about it for a while, and I was like, "I think we can watch it in my car." <laughs> because <laughs> it's got a DVD God. nav system to like upload the thing. Could you? And you? I, we didn't try. You should have. You we didn't try. Look, There's like, like you're at the drive-in. Yeah. Take your popcorn out to the yeah. car and watch it in the, in yeah. the car there. Like, it's got a great sound system with a sub and everything, right. but we have to watch it on a, on a four and a half inch. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's not the premium screen. It's this it's this size. Yeah. yeah. It's like the size of, of two club crackers. It might be standard side. definition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like <this> ultra 4K. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Uh, then I remember the Xbox. Outside of the Xbox, my car is the only DVD player that we've got right mm-hmm. now. I thought that was funny. All right. Um, Daniel, closing thoughts on a Mac environment. Anything else you just hate or miss? Uh, I, I, so I have a triple monitor set up at home, um, and the Mac OS hates my uh, display link dock. That's incredibly frustrating, okay. but I can get over that. You just need to spend a thousand dollars on USB C yeah. monitors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then, uh, what, what else was there? Oh, um, I, I miss the, the toolbar on the bottom of the screen because I catch myself with like 10 Chrome windows open at a time because I keep. I you can't ex- find do you, them. Do you use expose? Uh, I, I, I have it's, It is hard to develop the habit of the gesture on your mouse or your trackpad or whatever, but when you get used to it, it becomes like standard it, workflow. It requires me to move my hand off my keyboard. Oh, you can, you well, can no, hotkey uh, it. You can well, hotkey it. Yeah, I, I use, um, I use uh, well, it's in, my, it's in my hand. Let me try and get it into my brain and my mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> like command... Command tab. Command tab is to switch. That's that's almost yeah. like an alt tab. Yeah, because yeah. I know I know I, I think it's a command shift up and it'll bring up all the windows. But then I have to move my hand to my mouse to select. Command the shift up will do expose. But I think you can could remap you, that into a one hand. Like, well, n- n- no, like I, I when I go to into expose, I have to use my mouse to select what window oh, to go right. to, and that you're right. upsets me. Oh, that's where I just like toggle like through a, them with uh, the with pay, command. The, pay, the arrow keys or like the arrow keys. The arrow keys doesn't do anything. He doesn't have arrow keys on his sixty percent. Mm. Oh, I, I have access to key to them. Um, I, I just have but to it press twice as many keys. I've got expose open. Your arrow keys do nothing. You still have to put your mouse on one of these yeah. windows. Uh, do you right. use dead mouse when you're browsing? Uh, no, I'm not that elite. 
So at that point in time, I, I'm, I'm the fact that you're like, I won't use expo because I, I, uh, I have to use my I, mouse. I was just like, Oh, we may have a dead mouse. User. I use it, but I use it in frustration. Okay. <laughs> so, but no, I mean, it's, it's really minor complaints. Um, I, yeah, it, it's, it's minor complaints. Really? Yeah. I'm getting used to it. Do you, uh, do you, have you, have you dabbled at all in tiling window managers? Is that a thing that you're into? You probably didn't do. That's not, I guess, as common on the Windows side either. That's more of a Linux. Linux people might not be able to. Yeah, because Windows. But if you don't want to touch your mouse, a tiling window manager is a great way to live. So give me an example. So uh, a tiling window manager. There's a bunch for Linux. I don't know them off the top, but essentially give uh, uh, command lines to resize windows on a GUI desktop and navigate between. So I have. um, I can't remember what it's called. I think it's called Rectangle. Um, and it allows me to do similar to what I could on Windows of position to yeah. the left, yeah. move it to the next monitor and all that. Um, so I've, I've been looking into a lot of apps that um, kind of emulate the, the Windows experience. That I got, I got two used. recommendations for you. One is called Spectacle, and I believe it's free. I think you can get it on the I app I found store. a better one. Okay. Oh, and then I use one called Moom. Which Moom. is not free. M O O M okay. and Moom is fantastic. Okay, so I, I dabbled in Spectacle, but um, Rectangle is like a fork of it, I think. Okay, okay. And um, there were there were a few features inside of it that uh, better fit my workflow. Um, so, so I found so Moom is like Spectacle, but further customizable. Set a lot of hotkeys, and then it uses this grid system. You have a hotkey command okay. that brings up a grid on your screen, and then you can hold the shift key and drag the size of the grid and and you can put things into like a 16 by 16 grid on your screen and and lay it out that way. Yeah. Or you can hotkey anything into those and Tyrell's laughing at me (laughs) because I'm pretty sure you discovered this when you were using that giant television. No, who was it? Oh, no, 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I was using it. You required that when you had like a, it was was an ultra HD. It was a, it was a 40 inch TV, but it was a 4k. (laughs) It was a 4k. And that was my monitor on my desk for a long time. It was awesome. Um, I used the tiling window manager before that. Okay. I will say this though: when I moved to that, I don't think I could have survived could not, a minute yeah. without it. Mm. Yeah. Um, so it, it's it's definitely a requirement for me. Yeah. Now. Okay. Good. So. I reckon I love those, man. T- I when I was turned on to the tiling window manager, I can't live without it. Yeah. Um, it it seriously changes your workflow. Yeah. When it was, I think it was introduced in Windows eight, and like it, I I used to use a, an application called. Um, uh, WinSplit, maybe. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, I I had a third party application for it on Windows on Windows Seven and just couldn't live without it. Um, yeah. And then when it was natively introduced, I got used to that one. Got it. We hear there's just a random person talking yeah. on the podcast. I don't yeah. know where they're coming from, but we can hear them. No one. Yeah. Literally, yeah. everyone just looks really yeah. confused. Yeah. Right yeah. Now. <laughs> we have a lot of hot mics in this room. It might just be from upstairs. Scared. Yeah. Well, on that note, that's someone playing us out anyway. Uh, so we're we're out of time. But man, it was fun. Yeah, I'm absolutely. glad you're. I'm uh, welcome to the welcome to MacDev. Thank you. It's fun. I think yeah. <laughs> you seem to be adapting well. How's that? <laughs> I'm doing better than I expected. Okay, good, good. Yeah, Give us an update. Let us know. It's almost like that. a Linux box, but you know the hard uh, the hardware works with everything. Yeah, I adapted <laughs> better to Ubuntu than what uh, when I switched over to that for a little bit. So, really? Okay. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Well, um, all right. If you're if you're for our for our listeners. 
Um, give us some tips. If you got some tips, shoot them in. We got, you can email us podcast at higherlofty.com. I'd be curious to hear what other people say. Absolutely. I love talking shop like this. We don't do it enough about like the tools that you use. And I'm sure that our audience has a bunch of stuff that they could share with us. Yeah, that for one. sure. Yeah. Some, some tools, optimized stuff. So shoot us an email. Um, and you know, if you, if you like the show, you can support us a couple of different ways. Uh, our Patreon, uh, and uh, Teespring store. We have merch now, so you can go check that out. Friday.higherlofty.com to find all that stuff. And thanks for hanging out with us. We'll see you in a week. Thanks for listening to Friday Afternoon Deploy, recorded and produced by the team at Lofty Labs. If you enjoyed the show, you can subscribe to future episodes via iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. You can also follow at Friday Deploy on Facebook and Twitter for episode previews, live streams, and other behind-the-scenes peeks. Past episodes and show notes on this episode can be found at friday.higherlofty.com. That's friday.h-i-r-e-l-o-f-t-y.com. If you'd like to contact the show, or if you're local to the Northwest Arkansas area and would like to be a guest on the show, you can email us at podcast at higherlofty.com.